are listening to Win Win, a podcast brought to you by the global nonprofit organization Win Women in Innovation. Each episode features inspiring innovators from the startup world, innovation consultancies, and Fortune 500 companies who share their innovation secrets and career trajectories every Monday. As for me, I'm your host, Zoya Kozakov, global product lead at Win by Night and product manager by day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of the Win-Win Podcast. It is no secret that I'm a big fan of large companies, even though I've worked in both startups and in Fortune 500s. I think there's so much to learn from companies that have captured the hearts and minds of millions of consumers, especially when they continue to reinvent themselves over and over again. One of those companies, which I don't think will come as a surprise to anyone, is Adidas. Adidas has not only innovated in the space of apparel through its textiles and automation, but also through really being a pioneer in defining the future of sport. Whether it's smart soccer balls, digital products, women-led innovation, today's guest, Amy Jones-Vatterlaus, is really doing it all. As the current global head of innovation and someone who has been at Adidas for almost 17 years, she's played every type of innovation role in the company and is now at the forefront at the helm of innovation for this global brand. Our conversation today really centers around how Amy thinks through three, five, ten years ahead and the role that collaboration plays in her process and in her thinking. We also break down what it means to do women innovation, as that is one of Amy's roles, and I do think that gender-specific innovation is a really complex concept that she breaks down very, very eloquently. I hope you enjoy today's episode and definitely check out the work that Amy and her team are doing at Adidas because I think she's pretty incredible and we can all learn a lot from her. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Win Win Podcast. Hi, Zoe. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, so excited to have you. And and honestly, in today's episode, we have almost 17 years of your innovation experience at Adidas to unpack. So I say let's dive right in. So what does it mean to work in innovation for you? And what is the role of the innovation function at Adidas? Yeah, so innovation at Adidas can mean many things. It's definitely the materials. It could be footwear. It could be apparel. Um, But it's also who an athlete is, what the definition of sport is. And so um, I like to go big on on innovation in Adidas with that future space. Yeah, and you've worked across so many different aspects of innovation at Adidas, and we'll definitely dive right in. But you didn't start in, I guess, a sports capacity. Your school background is in mechanical engineering. So how important has that education been in the work that you've done today? And do you think there's an innovation degree out there? Interesting question. So yes, I started in mechanical engineering. My focus was robotics and automation. So I worked in the semiconductor industry for almost seven years prior to coming to Adidas. And at the time, I didn't realize you could be an engineer and go into a brand like Adidas. Or, you know, it was oftentimes automobile or very specific uh, use cases. And so when I realized that I could use my technical skills but work on sport and consumer goods. I mean, that was a huge, huge game changer for me. And and so I think that from an education standpoint, I started off very technical, but I've evolved into more innovating for people 
and for humans. But I think that foundation was really important to me as I lead different teams. I lead many scientists and engineers and designers. And so being able to talk the language, being able to understand technology and the evolution of technology, but how to apply it, the application part is what I've learned over the years more versus that how to think analytically, how to think very logically um, with an engineering background. Yeah. And then, you know, you've mentioned that you work cross-functionally all the time, but when it comes to hiring and innovation, and as you've evolved in your career, what are the skills that have become more important to you, whether that's for yourself or the people that you look to hire on your teams? Yeah. I mean, there's so many smart people. There, there's lots of smart people. There's lots mm-hmm. of education. But from innovation, having a true growth mindset, to be able to question the known, to be able to work where there's lots, maybe there's no definition. Um, And so the ability to see maybe what other people can't see is something Mm -hmm. that I certainly think is a very valuable skill, regardless of your level or or entry, and whether or not that can be taught in education at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. But but that kind of, that zone that's almost free, there's a lot of grayness, there's a lot of um, undefined I think is really important in innovation, and that can come with any background that's more of a mindset um, in innovation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, throughout your career, you've been able to work on anything from Adidas's first intelligent shoe to intelligent soccer balls and working on apparel and thinking about the future of sports. So what do you think has stayed consistent in your innovation practice, and, and what changed? The consistent is challenging rules, challenging lines that might exist or definitions. So that that stayed regardless of what area I'm innovating in. What has changed for me is the starting point with the consumer, so the human. And, you know, there's lots we can do with technology. There's, you know, there's many things that are exciting, but ensuring that we have the right starting point. And the starting point's hard because if I typically work, or I have worked three to 10 years out, So I can't ask you what you want. I don't know what I want, right? You might not know what you want. So there's a lot of projecting into what that future state will be, but ensuring that you have the person that need, the benefit, the problem truly at the center, and then you're answering it with technology and not the other way around. And so that that has been a big shift for me. It's been a big shift for the team um, along along that journey. Uh, But I'd say that that's the biggest change. Yeah. And, you know, throughout your time at Adidas, you've also, again, changed the kinds of products that you've worked on. So how have you been able to really connect with the human behind the product? Uh, What role do other teams play in it? Or what are some of the creative or not so creative ways that you use to really always keep the human top of mind? Yeah. So when I first started looking at doing more consumer type research, I'd go to coffee shops, I'd buy somebody coffee, and I would talk to them. So that's more of a very rogue, a rogue method versus there's other times spending hours in somebody's home or different community leaders or coaches or parents. It depends on, on what, what you're doing. But it's not just asking someone if they like something you designed. It's not just validating a product. That's that's not the point, but it's like what feeling do you want to deliver? What what are you truly solving for? What is that impact point or value for someone and then backtracking out of that? And so a lot of times is observing, it is spending time with people 
depending on the, the situation. And I think it's one of the things that when I think of my connections, my communities, like there's certainly my brand partners, there's leaderships, there's external companies, there's universities, but there's also the people I'm creating for. And regardless of what level you're at, I would highly encourage people to get in front, have conversations, listen, observe, so you don't forget who you're actually creating creating for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what about on the flip side of that, right? So as you're doing the research and figuring out what problems to solve, at a certain point you launch the product, and I'm guessing the feedback comes in. And so many times with innovation, we launch something we think that is super meaningful or solves a problem, and it actually doesn't land with the consumer. So I guess my two-folded question is, is there an agility that you attempt to follow to ensure that there is no like waterfall launch and fail? And two, if you do have to launch in one go with a physical product like a shoe or a ball, how do you ensure that the feedback that you're receiving is actually actionable? Yeah, I mean, hopefully you've done your homework, you've done all your testing, the communicating before you send something out, but it's not always right. And there's been a few examples where I feel like we're too early. We we overshot time. And either the industry wasn't ready, the brand wasn't ready. So if you have a new way of making something or a new product, you might not be set up structurally to support that. And so there's been many times I'd say we're too early on products. And there's certainly ways to get feedback, market feedback, post. You could, you could you know, wrap that back in for the next iteration. But I think what's even harder is sometimes companies don't give that time to, and I'm not just speaking of, about Adidas in general, but then innovation, they don't give that time to incubate to like, okay, this was the starting point. It doesn't mean it has to be 100%. If you're going to do something extremely disruptive or new, you're probably not going to get it right the first time. And that's okay. It, it should be okay. But what is that time frame to get it better, to really land it? Because if it, it's new, people, it, it's going to take maybe somebody time to adopt it or understand uh, what that value value is. So there's there's certainly the feedback you can put back in, but ideally you have some some grace period and you can do that through right. pilots, etc. I called it out a little bit earlier, but I do think that there's such a huge difference when it comes to physical products and digital products and and you've worked on both as well as on products that kind of have duality in the sense that they are both digital and both physical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are the what are the biggest differences that you've seen that may be surprising or or where do you see the innovation in each kind of category? For physical product, I'm really interested in how we will create in the future and who we're creating for. And I think there's a lot that we can do with just challenging I can speak like who an athlete is or how does sport evolve, what products are needed. Um, and, and from a creation standpoint, you can still create certainly the traditional way, one for millions, but there's other ways to look at different communities and with digital technology so you can get more specific in what you're, you're creating for. So I think there's a lot to do with just the product itself. And then digital, there's certainly a lot, the extension of digital communities and digital product and I think a challenge going forward is how to rely less on product physical Mm. product 
And, you know, there certainly has um, sustainable applications. There's behaviors around product. Um, but as a company, how do we challenge ourselves to not be so reliant? And so I think there's something within the digital, beyond, beyond the communities, but from a making standpoint. Right, right. No, absolutely. And it's also just shifting the mindset, right? I mean, even the way I asked the question makes it seem like these are two different things or two Mm -hmm. different innovation processes. But I think just thinking about it as the convergence of the two is probably probably the way that we should be thinking about that anyway. Um, So you've moved through different roles in the company, but one of the roles in your career trajectory that I found really, really interesting and exciting is your senior director future of women's innovation to be. So I have a million questions up front about that, but I think the very first one is really about the title itself. Is there a men's innovation department (laughs) or or why the call out for women's and what does that actually mean? Yeah, it's a great question. So I was focused solely on women's and more to really focus what are the differences. There's certainly the similarities between gender, but what are the differences and how do you, you know, when we think of female bodies, um, menstruation and the impact of hormones and sport, that's something that's very unique. And so having a dedicated focus to really look at, you know, how could you think of, of female athletes differently? It's not just coloring something, certainly. It's not the, the basic, but but what are some um, new conversations and new new focus that, that we didn't have? My goal with that was to not have a title like Women's Innovation because we were, we would make sure we were always had, you know, a very diverse group of athletes in or consumers. We were looking at our starting point for how we're innovating. There's certainly the women-specific product, bras, example, or, or tights, but there's lots of other ways to to ensure that we we have a more inclusive inclusive starting point the the word women's though you know doing doing a lot of this work and just awareness and recognizing not everyone identifies as female or male and so the role of gender has changed my view drastically or how I think about the words I use or the focus or the starting point. And it's not to deprioritize gender. It's, that's not it at all. But to, to be aware of, of what gender means, what it means in sport, who gets to play, who doesn't, what does it mean to be female on hormones. Like There's lots of, of regulations and, and rules that don't fit with everyone. And so for me, it was really looking at well, what does that mean? How do I answer? How do I bring that into our innovation team and group and to really look at athletes in a different way and not just be inclusive, but how do you be anti-exclusionary? How do we have ownership? How do we action uh, on some of the ways that maybe we weren't aware that we were excluding? Is there an example of a product that you can talk about that maybe combines that cross-functionality? The one that we have launched is stay in place, so menstruating or product while you're menstruating, so um, in play. There's certainly education. There's a lot that goes beyond that, um, but it's for menstruators, and this is where I got a lot of like my eyes open. Like, okay, the the words I'm using or how I'm how I'm thinking about product and how I'm thinking about somebody's experience. And so um, this is for menstruators, and it's really product so you can work out more confidently. The, the biggest fear is leaking, right? Nobody wants mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You're not focused on sport. You're not focused on your game. And so how do you take away some of those? They're not 
there's certainly we talk barriers, but there's also compromises. And so how do you know that is a product that that we did launch that came from the research we did. Found it really interesting that you talked about having the diversity of team on whether it's a woman's or a man's uh, product. I I definitely think that that's really important. But I think for a company like Adidas, where collaboration is a core principle of the company, that comes into play even more. So what have you seen the role of collaboration to be in enabling innovation? And, And when you've worked on projects that failed, what has the role of collaboration been on those? It's not just who we're creating for, but who we're creating with. And ensuring that we have the right people at the table, that, that will make the biggest change in what we're, we're creating. And so that was one product I just mentioned. There's, there's others where we bring, from an innovation process, we bring new people, new, um, new athletes, new creators into what we're doing. We certainly don't have all of the answers, but we need to listen. We need to pay attention and challenge what we know, what we're doing, what we're saying. Where it hasn't worked, so one, one product where we, we thought we were collaborating, so we had an all-day app, and it was, it was targeted for women. It was looking at a holistic view of movement and nutrition, recovery, and sleep. And now it seems like a very normal conversation, but this was years ago. Mm-hmm. And what we realized, we ended up with 40% of our audience men, and and so it was a learning. I've definitely seen research out there that if you design for women, men will come. If you design for men, it, it doesn't work the other, other direction. So there was something interesting there. But it was a good success story, certainly to bring more people in. But there's also, we missed out on some really valid learning that could have been foundational into what, what we did. And I think it would have been potentially more or greater adopted within the brand also we had it for for athletes and so I think I think that's something I would maybe go back or relook at it still does sound like a success because you definitely were able to bring people onto the product but I think just kind of like the intention and what you set out to do obviously was was not necessarily aligned right yeah thinking to the journey that you yourself have had at Adidas I find it really interesting how you were able to stay at the company for such a long time and do, you know, such a variety of things. So when you went about, you know, your next curiosity or the next role that you went after, as well as progressing on the corporate ladder, what do you really attribute to the moves that you've been able to make within the company? And what was your approach to making them? Yeah, so I think, I think there's a couple of things. So from my side, I think I'm oftentimes looking for opportunities. Where, where is there a gap? Where is something not getting done that maybe I could step in and do? How do I differentiate myself from others? And kind of I, I carved out my own space, if you will. But I was also supported by leadership. And you know, if I did come up with a new idea, every job that I've had at Adidas, there's only one that had a job description that existed. That was the first one that I, I as a director of mechanical engineering, when I joined. And so I've written many of my own job descriptions of this is not only for what I wanted or was interested in progressing, but also, you know, there might have been a gap in what we were doing or how we were innovating and, you know, created that plan or this is what we could do when I was given the opportunity. And so I did start in digital, digital product, and I've done digital experiences, but it's also leading technology teams and footwear and apparel. And so it's, 
it's allowed me to go very broad in innovation. And a lot of it is, you know, creating that longer term vision of where we want to go. But having that diverse experience certainly has has helped. Um, but I, I had great support. And that's one of the reasons I didn't feel stuck. I feel like there was other options. There was new learnings, uh, further development. So that's that's why I've stayed. If you were to think about your next role at Adidas or a few roles ago as you were thinking about your next role, did you balance this idea of what does the company need slash what the white space is along with your needs? Or did you start with this is what I'm looking to do next, right? Because I wonder if somebody that's listening could be maybe thinking, how do I tactically create that next role for myself? What's going to be the most effective? Yeah, I'm not a big planner, even though I'm planning further out, I'd say, but I, I don't. <laughs> I don't plan. I probably could be better at it. And so I am quite flexible in what I'm doing. There I, I tend to I'm very curious. I'm looking for new things, new challenges. And so that's how most of that has been led by like, oh, this is a really new challenge. This is exciting. That got my interest. And so that has been, I would say, the majority of it. But certainly where I'm at now, a lot of it is around leadership. Mm-hmm. And leading teams and developing teams and so that's that's really what gets me excited uh, to be able to bring you know right now there's two over 200 people like how we all come together and we're creating something completely new that's that's exciting when I see the output and the excitement within the group. Adidas touches so many lives in so many different ways, but as you think about your career trajectory, but also as you think about innovation and and what you're building, are there any other industries or maybe companies that you look to for that analog inspiration or curiosity? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very motivated motivated by sport and movement, and that plays a huge part in my life. But I'm also interested in companies like it could be a Shopify or even an Etsy or an Airbnb or they're creating, it's similar to to sport in the sense that you're providing a platform for somebody to be their best self, to find their way, whatever that might Mm -hmm. be around the motivated. So there is this kind of connection and, and purpose there that I definitely find interesting that allows people to do what they want to do. Like Adidas is we should be providing a platform. We should, we're providing product for somebody to be their best self, to be better through sport, whatever that might be. It's not always the fastest. It's not the strongest. And so I'm, I'm drawn to other companies that are delivering something similar. I find that really interesting because I've had a, a bunch of different founders here talk uh, about their products that involve things like sexual wellness and, and other conversations that may be more taboo. Um, and a lot of what they talk about is overcoming the emotional innovation when sometimes feel like the product or the company doesn't speak to them. Well, of course, Adidas is used by millions and millions mm-hmm. of people. What role does emotional innovation play in your field? Yeah, it plays a big part. So I think innovation, we think there's hard innovation. I would call more the emotional that's soft innovation. Like for apparel, we're delivering a feeling. That's if I ask the engineering team, they're engineering a feeling. That's what we are delivering to somebody. There's certainly the performance benefits. There's there's that. That's not to be negated. But why somebody engages or why somebody could be buys, it could be there's triggers to use, whatever that might be, is based on emotion. That's that trigger. It's not not just a thing. And it's really 
you're not making just a pair of shoes mm-hmm. or just a sports bra or a jacket, whatever that might be. You're, you're delivering something for someone to use. They have a feeling when they put it on. There's a choice. There's a behavior of, of that, that's attached to that. And that's really what we are, we're connecting to. One of the favorite things that I think you guys do, and of course that comes in with the branding, is is the conversation that continuously feels like Adidas is, is having with its consumers. So I know you said you're not much of a planner, but I know your mm-hmm. role does involve a ton of planning. Yeah. So I guess the question that I would love to ask, and that's both in terms of yourself as well as in terms of your industry, and that is, where do you see yourself and your industry one month from now, one year from now, and 10 years from now? Yeah, so a month from now, and this is both, I'd say, personal and work. I haven't seen my team in in Germany for over a year. And so wow. my goal is to be with, with them and, and see that. And it's cer- certainly motivating for myself. So that that's kind of a combined one month. In a year, I'd say from Adidas, we have our, our story, our, our mission around impossible is nothing. So really delivering impossibles for for athletes. And I think, you know, really realizing that and seeing how that comes to life, as well as the sustainability work that we're doing, I'm, I'm excited for the next year. Uh, for myself, in the next year, I, I feel this need to be creative and to build something. I really want to build a wooden boat. This sounds very random. I love that. <laughs> but I'm obsessed. I missed out on the boat building season, I guess, so I need to give myself a year. But I have this desire of building something physical and big. Mm. And I feel like this last 18 plus months, just being on the computer, I'm a maker at heart and not having that. I just want to get in a different zone and I'm sure it will have an impact on what I what I do outside mm-hmm. of that. Ten years from now, beyond continuously using my boat that I, I plan on building, <laughs> and hopefully with my family. Swimming to Germany with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping for myself a completely new definition or understanding of innovation. And one that I can't imagine, I can't comprehend. I hope I have a completely different mindset of what that is and what role that plays in my my life, both professionally as well as um, personally. And then for the brand, you know, in in 10 years, we have this saying like health health is your passport and really tackling global health and what role could we have. And there's the health of the planet that we're living on. And again, from a sustainability, but not just materials, but are there behaviors we haven't even tapped into? Is there, I mean, I mentioned earlier, maybe not being as reliant on product. Like, how do we really challenge what future of, of sport and our role is in the next 10, 10 years? Yeah, super, super exciting to see what's to come for both you and the brand. And huge, huge thank you for joining us today on the Win Win Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Win Win, brought to you by Win Women and Innovation, and myself. Zoya Kozakov. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit womenininnovation.co to learn more about our organization, programming, and other opportunities. And remember, when women innovate, we all win.